This episode of Ask the Pokedexpert is brought to you by Rare Candies, now available for purchase in bulk on Amazon.kt. And by Adventure Incorporated Podcast, now with more dragons, but the same number of dungeons. Adventureinc.podbean.com. Now, on to the show. Ask the Pokedexpert. Hello friends, welcome to Ask the Pokedexpert, where we take audience questions and pick the brain of our special guest expert. I'm your host, Anthony Reed. Joining me this week, he is a Pokemon researcher and the foremost expert in the fields of Pokemon biology, anatomy, and social biology. His new book, Preparing Bacon, A Guide to Raising Tepig, is available now. It's Pokedexpert Mike Ellison. Thanks for being here, Mike. Gosh, Anthony, thank you so much for having me on the show. You know, it really means a lot. Uh, one thing that I do want to clear up, because I know there's been some confusion uh, on online forums, especially uh, regarding the name of my new book. Of course, it's tongue-in-cheek. You know, I... Oh. I I'm so time, surprised that this is even, uh, has, has even come up. Uh, I know, you but, know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, outspoken proponent of never consuming Pokemon, uh, Pokemon meat. I think, I think it's uh, deplorable that people are still doing this. Uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the things that really uh, has been my life's work uh, in educating people about Pokemon, uh, you know, with the hope that they realize the error in their ways uh, of eating these Pokemon, you know. Um, and so that's what I found so clever about the book title, right, is that you're, you're sort of playing into this, uh, what, what we know about you as sort of this staunch activist in terms of not eating Pokemon meat, that, that you're so, uh, that, that this title sort of brings up this evocative sort of joke. It is, well, I thought course. it was very clever. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, I, I honestly have to give credit to, to my son, Charles. Uh, you know, he's who named our Tepig Bacon. Uh, we, we had a good laugh about it at the breakfast table, of course. Uh, but yeah, so uh, again, Charles, thank you so much. Um, can't wait to see you tonight when I get home. All right. Well, this week we are talking about one of my favorite Pokemon. It's Amoongus. The Pokedex lists Amoongus as a two foot, 23.1 pound grass poison Pokemon. The community had a lot of questions about the mushroom Pokemon for our Pokedexpert. Are you ready, Mike? You know, I am ready, Anthony. Uh, I'm especially excited this week. Uh, Amoongus is actually my number one favorite Pokemon. Well, this, I mean, how serendipitous. This is great. Uh, I'm so glad that you could be on the show with us this week while we're discussing Among Us. It's perfect. Yeah, it's, thank you. Thank you again. Oh, no problem. Thank you for joining us. First up, uh, Facebook user James Charest asks, The Pokedex entry for Among Us says that it uses its Pokeball arms to lure prey. How effective is this? What other Pokemon does Among Us prefer to devour? James, that's a great question, you know. Um, Very good question. I th First off, thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for presenting the question to me. You know, it means a lot. Uh, to have this kind of community engagement is really special, Anthony. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we have, a, we have a bunch of questions to get to today. So you're you know, right. we do want to keep things moving along. Yeah. But I, I do, I just want to point out that, you know, we get so many questions and we, we can't possibly reach them all. And I, I really appreciate everyone who takes the time to write in. And, and, and thank you all so, so, so much. And if you don't get your question answered, I'm, I'm terribly sorry about that. 
you know, we, we often run into time constraints on this show, but we really try to hammer the issues uh, for as much time as possible. Yeah, it, it's really special to me, you know, the way that we do this work, and none of it would be possible without without the, you know, without your listeners. Uh, it's really impressive that they keep donating and they keep, you know, they keep up the fundraising efforts outside of the show. You know, I know that a show is very expensive to put on, you know, and so I think especially <laughs> this week while we're while we're going through the pledge drive, I think it's really important that we that we talk about, you know, just what someone's pledge can do for the show. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's pretty clear anytime you have a show like this that, uh, you know, the, the the studio that we are in, the lights, the audio quality, those sorts of things all, they come sort of indirectly from your patronage. Uh, everyone sort of puts into this pool and, and we just sort of pull from that uh, in a way to help grow the show in those sorts of ways. But you directly, the way that you benefit is a sense of pride, a sense of joy that you get to take of, of some small bit of ownership of a show like this. And, and it's so important to us. Uh, and and I hope that it's important to you too. Um, and, and again, we, you know, we try to make sure we're, we're really just covering the facts on this show and hitting the important issues. And we try not to waste a lot of time with other things. So if you get value in that, you feel like there's some value there, please make sure you're giving your value back to the, to us who are trying to, to provide this show for you. I mean, that's really the model we're looking for. Absolutely. And again, uh, Anthony, I hope you don't mind. I I've heard you say it all week. I, I just want to, I want to be able to say it as well. Uh, again, call that that number, you know, one eight hundred Dexperts. That that's going to be the that's going to be the number one eight hundred D E X P E R T. You know, the S is a silent S, right? When you're dialing that phone, I mean, you dial it; it doesn't actually do anything. But sure, but it, you know, it, it reminds you that's who you're talking to. You're talking just Dexpert by itself, not like not right evocative enough. We wanted the S on there, so right. just dial the S, even though it doesn't do anything. And, and yeah, you know, donate that $5 a month, donate that $10 a month, donate that 50. If you've got it, you know, we, we here at the station really appreciate, uh, any, any donation, of course, uh, you know, the, the $50 in a month, uh, platinum members, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get that tote bag. You're going to get those socks. Uh, you're going to get that, that koozie, uh, all with the Pokedex for branding on it. Uh, just make sure. Well, uh, well, you know, and I just can't or overvalue the sort of the self-worth and improvement that you will have for for donating to something like this you know that that that, that feeling deep down Certainly. Uh, i do want to remind people that is not tax uh, deductible but no uh, otherwise you know that that warmth that joy is right. really what you're trying to go for it's really you know it's a really it's a really moving feeling to be able to to truly give back to something that you appreciate so much Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and something I think that has so much value. Like I said, we try not to really uh, expand on things that that aren't this the focus of this show. And, sure, and I of think course. that we, we do a good job with that. And it allows us, you know, that these sort of funds allow us to get all kinds of great experts like Mike Ellison and the other experts we have on the show that, that really get to uh, to bring new perspectives. And, and that's really what the show is all about, right? It's about perspective and it's about being able to, uh, to sit back with your friends and have one of those, uh, one of those, uh, you know, those, those driveway moments, right? Where you want to turn off the car and you want to go inside, but man, you've just got to hear the rest of whatever that Pokedex expert is saying, you know, you've, you're engrossed and you're ready and you're, you're ready to learn and you're ready to expand your worldview. And I think, you know, as listeners to the show, you realize how important it is to be the person with that knowledge you know whether you're in the office or whether you're whether you're out at a family gathering you know it's it's really 
I think we do a lot here for the audience and I think the audience gets a lot back. And, you know, every year when we do these drives, uh, the, the community response is just really overwhelming. And after you're done sort of, you know, supporting us in whatever way you can, don't forget to support Mike Ellison's new book, Preparing Bacon, A Guide to Raising Tepig, available now on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere that you can buy books, you'll probably be able to find it. It's a real uh, wonderful uh, treaty on how to raise a, a Pokemon like this. And again, I uh, do just want to call out that, uh, you know, the, the name is uh, it is a bit tongue in cheek, you know, of course, uh, as of as course. as a as a uh, staunch advocate against the consumption of Pokemon meat. Uh, I just I do want to call that out. Uh, Bacon is the name of our Tepig. Uh, again, Charles, thank you so much for the name. I love it, buddy. Can't wait to see you tonight. Discord user at Colorful Lark number 5014 asks, is there a season that is better for Amoongus growth or spores? What sorts of uh, things can trigger sporing for my Amoongus? That's a wonderful question, Colorful Lark. Uh, you know, uh, I definitely want to get to the answer to that question. Uh, first, real quickly, I do just want to, again, that's 1-800-DEXPERTS. Um, yes, 1-800-DEXPERTS, D-E-X-P-E-R-T-S. That's right. Uh the you know the best season of course for amoongus growth is always going to be um in seasons of uh change you know um i think i think people tend to tend to assume that because amoongus is a grass type pokemon that you know uh spring is going to be the strongest time for an amoongus and while that is a, a time of growth for for your most grass Pokemon, of course, uh, where where Amoongus is more of a uh, fungal Pokemon, really in nature, um, you're going to see a lot of growth and a lot of activity around fall. Uh, if you live in a temperate climate, you might see growth during the winter time as well. Whenever it can really uh, kind of settle down and scavenge on some of the some of that dead mulch, some if you. You know, if you happen to be in an area where uh, where a Pokemon has recently died, you may leave uh, your Amoongus there to to kind of absorb those nutrients. Right? It's a circle of life. I know it's I know it's a an emotional time when you find a find a Pokemon that's that's passed. Uh, you know, in the in the woods. But ultimately, we have to remember that sometimes you know the uh, the world has its ways. Right. You know, it's important to remember that Amoongus being a, a mushroom type Pokemon, um, you know, such as Paris, Parasect, uh, Shroomish, Breloom, those types of Pokemon, they're they're all known as mushroom Pokemon, of course. Uh, Amoongus being chief among them and, and you know, Fungus, uh, obviously. But, right. um, you know, their job is to, to do that hard work of breaking down that that former pokemon's body and and really uh enriching the soil with its nutrients and growing itself you know um, so so let me ask you this mike that amoongus is one of the pokemon that's sort of uh, known to be a carnivorous pokemon certainly consumes other pokemon is that sort of when we talk about it being carnivorous are we talking about it in this sort of decomposition role uh, of of Pokemon that have already passed, or is it trying to actively hunt um, Pokemon or scavenge? Well, so much the same way, uh, you know, a Spinarak or even a, a common house spider will catch its prey and then hold its prey 
until it dies and slowly uh, consume mm. it. Uh, Amoongus functions the same way, of course. Uh, you know, uh, it will attack your Pokemon if it, you know, if it's provoked. Uh, if it gets the opportunity, it, it can be a bit of an aggressive Pokemon. Uh, but what will happen, uh, you know, once it's once it's taken down that Pokemon, it will allow it to start to decompose and help speed up that decomposition process. Interesting. Um, slowly leaching that, you know, that energy from it. And even when it consumes a Pokemon, that, like, inside an Amoongus... It doesn't have the typical stomach that you would think of of a carnivore. You know, when 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 Pokemon meat goes inside of that that Amoongus's body, it, it does just sit, hmm. and it it slowly decomposes inside. It isn't it isn't broken down by the acid. It isn't you know, uh, it isn't dissolved and then and then passed through the the Pokemon's body that way. Uh, it does just sit and rot. Those gases are actually what. Uh, the way that the the Amoongus receives its uh, receives its nutrients, you know, it's it's a almost a fermentation process. Interesting. Uh, uh, and again, what sorts of uh, things can trigger sporing for an Amoongus if you're trying to raise multiple Amoongus from you know one parent? Certainly, uh, you know, if you're if you are trying to uh, to breed Amoongai, uh, of course, you would start out with breeding. Uh, breeding a fungi, uh, a collection of fungi. Um, you know, you would you would want uh, plenty of light, but not direct light, right? You want it to be shady, um, mm. as opposed to just dark. Um, Interesting. You would want it because right, you know a lot of times people assume that an amoongus in the dark is the best way to sort of get it to grow and and flourish. But you're saying indirect light is going to help that process a lot more. Certainly, certainly, yeah. Um, you know, at the fungus stage, you're definitely going to want to keep it dark. Um, mm. but once it, you know, once it hits, once it hits a mungus, once it once it has uh uh traditionally evolved, um you will see you will see a lot better sporing growth if it does get that indirect light, you know, at least for a couple hours a day. Uh if you can keep it near an old oak tree, uh, they they tend to they tend to do really well with the the nutrients from those uh, from those oak leaves uh, just falling around them. Um, it helps to it helps to push uh, spore growth a little bit faster when it has a lot of brown. Um, you know, like uh, like roughage, like um, you know when the, when the when the oak leaves uh, turn from green to brown uh, in the fall. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they you know they they use the they use that vegetation uh in conjunction with the with the meat from the the pokemon that they lure to to really uh spore more heartily um so if you have if you have yourself an amoongus that is not that is not reproducing the way that you might imagine it uh should be i would definitely recommend more uh more vegetation nearby for it to consume as it uh you know as it gets into those fall seasons very interesting again because it is so often considered to be a carnivorous pokemon that's a very interesting twist on maybe how people might consider uh the the typical growth cycle 
Right. Um, that's very that's very interesting. Yeah, I think it's important to remember the Darwinian evolution line when you look at any fungus Pokemon. Twitter user Captain Hygiene asked us this one. What parts of Amoongus are poisonous? They're the centerpiece delicacy in my planned restaurant, but I can't afford a trained Amoongus chef. Uh... Captain Hygiene, um, your question, what parts of Amoongus are poisonous, is an important question. Uh, The... The reason that you want to know the answer makes me wary. Uh, So I will say this. Anytime you're dealing with a poison type Pokemon, it is of the utmost importance to make sure that you are working in a properly ventilated room with the proper safety equipment. In this case, you're going to want to be wearing, you know, full coverage skin gear. Uh, the rash from an Amoongus poison uh, can be very violent. Uh, you're going to want to make sure to have uh, a fully active uh, mask, some sort of ventilation equipment for your face as well. Um, and you're, you're going to want to make sure to be uh, exceptionally delicate with an Amoongus. Well, and, and Mike, I know this is a difficult... Uh, an uncomfortable question for you to answer just because of your stance on the consumption of Pokemon. So l- let me sort of step in here for you a little bit and try to uh, try to relieve some of the pressure on that. Uh, you know, there are many cultures in the world where Pokemon is are still consumed as meat as part Certainly. of daily life. And uh, Amoongus especially is a, a big one in some cultures uh, as used. It is a, a delicacy of sorts. Um and I understand. used as almost like a base protein. Uh, this Amoongus, uh, much like some uh, other poison Pokemon, some fish, um, there are very clear areas where it is dangerous to consume Certainly. parts of the Amoongus. And it w- I would highly recommend, Captain Hygiene, um, that if you can't afford a trained Amoongus chef, Don't you should serve. not have Amoongus on your menu. Uh, the, the liability you're opening yourself up to is just uh, outrageous. Uh, and I know Mike doesn't, you know, it's a hard, hard topic for Mike to broach at all. But uh, I just, I want to make sure people are very aware that if you do choose to eat Amoongus, uh, you need to do your due diligence to make sure the person who prepared it was aware of the risks and aware of the proper places uh, to to make cuts from because uh, it, it is very easy to get severely poisoned. Certainly, you know, and one of the things that really, uh, you know, because nobody, nobody stops eating Pokemon for altruistic reasons entirely, right? Everyone knows someone that had something happen typically, right? Or, or you know, you you just happen to be a, a very compassionate person. Uh, for me, Charles actually uh, was very, very ill. Uh, once I know, you know, I know it's I know it's a uh, taboo to say, um, but there was a time when I was a Pokemon consu- consumer. Um, and you know we we had been out, and I thought I thought we would be safe at this restaurant. You know, it was a a very high end restaurant in town. Uh, I won't give out the name because I don't uh, 
I don't believe they're in business anymore. Um, but I will say that the, uh, the Amoongus cut that Charles had left him in the hospital for three days. You know, anytime you get too close to that stomach, there typically is rotting meat in that stomach. You know, that is what mm-hmm. powers that 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 poison that poison expression that they have uh, that uh, that poisonous uh, expulsion typically comes from that rotting that rotting flesh that's living inside of their bodies. And so, if mm-hmm. you if you cut too close to that inside cavity, you are absolutely going to poison your your uh, you know your patrons um and and the cap is not any more safe either a a lot of the the poisonous spores that are released uh are are kept in the cap as well and and so it it can be very difficult to find a cut that is uh safe right uh you know if you if you are traveling and and have a a curiosity to try amoongus please ask them to show you their certification I know it I know it sounds extra safe but it it could literally save your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's super important. Um let's move on though. I, I, again, Captain Hygiene my my recommendation is just don't uh, and that would be my recommendation to anyone whose idea is to sort of take this into their own hands, but certainly uh, I I, I think know, we've made that point. I do have to say there are some really great Pokemon replacement options out there. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. um, I just the other day actually had a very delicious Amoongus replacement. Um, you know, it you can you can pick it up on on uh, Blue Apron. Um, hmm. Every once in a while, they will they will send out that package, you know, and I'll open it up, and oh my gosh, surprise! It's imitation Amoongus, and there it is, you know, right <laughs> next to the imitation Krabby, and you you can barely tell the difference. It Blue Apron, everybody, they're really they're really coming along. Wonderful, uh, not a sponsor of this show. No, finally, uh, uh, or, or myself, uh, you know, I just am a big fan. Sure, sure. Um, Discord user at your one nightmare number four nine four six two asks. What medical properties do the spores have? It's a great question. Uh, your one, great question. Your one nightmare, number 9462. Uh, that is a fantastic question. I think uh, I worry to answer this question, right, with all the regulation of, uh, of Pokemon, uh, Pokemon-based medicine. Uh, it, yeah. you know, it, it's a, it's a touchy subject, uh, you know, and because of those regulations, there's not a lot of funded research. Uh, I will say someone who isn't me has done a considerable amount of research with, uh, with spores, particularly Amoongus spores. And I will say that, you know, um, the, the things that someone who isn't me has experienced uh, on those spores have led to a better understanding of the world around him. Uh, it's just, you know, that's the that's the report that I got from that person uh, is that, you know, there things that seemed unconnected before seem to have a better connection uh, 
after having used those spores you know um he the the person that is not me uh mike mike was was this a medicinal use for these spores uh I mean, the the person who isn't me was suffering from uh, a, a few types of chronic pain and, uh, you know, uh, bouts of of uh, depressive episodes. And mm. they, after the fact, reported less pain and less depressive episodes. Um, so, well, I, you, you know, okay. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a your mileage may vary type of situation. Uh, but I do I do think that there are not enough uh, clinical trials being uh, being looked at. Of course, it's it's always tricky when you, whenever you bring a Pokemon into the lab, you know, you want to make sure that you're paying attention to their well-being uh, while at the same time trying to research their their benefits for science. Right. And and. You know, what if we do find some really what? good I, benefits? I, I have to, you want me to read this? Oh, oh. Uh, just just a reminder, the Food and Drug Administration does not support any homeopokemonic uh, remedies. Uh, and it is important to note that uh, if you need medical attention to seek out a medical professional and to uh, go with sort of methodologies that are more tested and true. Certainly, Sorry, certainly. Th- the lawyers made sure we really needed to hammer that po- that uh, point home. That absolutely makes sense. You know, uh, all I'm trying to say is that, you know, anecdotally, uh, I have heard a lot of uh, medicinal benefits to the spores of an Amoongus. Uh, you know, I, I can't say necessarily firsthand that I have experienced those benefits, but I can say that... Uh, uh, the person, the source that I have is a very uh, trusted, well-respected um, Pokemon professional. Okay, well, say no more then. Uh, but we, we appreciate your input on that. And, you know, as always with this sort of stuff, you sort of have to take your, your inputs and advice and sort of decide for yourself. But, uh, uh, you know, Mike certainly has a, a sort of a window into this world that a lot of people do not. Um but finally, we have uh, to- Thomas Sherist. Thomas Sherist uh, on Facebook wants to know, does the size of the cap show age or power? It's a great question, Thomas. Um, you know, the size of the cap, of course, is going to show age. Uh, you know, if you, if you measure, uh, if you measure the diameter of the cap it will show you know roughly uh comparatively how old that amoongus is compared to other amoonguses there's not like there's not I'm going sure to there's be a formula you can sort of like you move through to figure it out but it's complicated but ultimately one one cap being larger than another cap has an almost direct variation or a direct correlation on size Typically, Correct. absolutely, yeah. You know, again, it's it's like with any other uh, any other Pokemon that we talk about. Uh, you never want to assume that Pokedex size uh, is you know is accurate for every single version of that Pokemon. Of course, you know there there will be variation from here and there, uh, but generally, the size of that cap will show the age of the Pokemon. The condition. <laughs> of that cap is what actually shows that power. Right? If you have a cap Interesting. Yeah, if you have a cap that's a little um papery almost, you know, on on first touch if it feels a little uh if it feels a little thin, 
Um, you're looking at a Pokemon that may it may not be as hardy as you as you want your Amoongus to be. Um, you know, you almost want it to feel not quite rubbery, but certainly you want it to have some give to it. Um, hmm. You know, you want to you want to be able to uh, really touch it solidly without concern, right? For it, um, for its well being. Uh, some of the some of the finest Amoongus species, uh, sorry, Amoongus uh, examples that I have seen have had an almost waxy feel to their to their caps. Wow, Just, interesting. Right, because of that durability on the top of it. You know, they they can really uh, they can really stand a lot more. Hmm. That is fascinating. No, so I knew about the uh, the size being correlated to the age, but I never knew about sort of that quality of texture um, being sort of a representative of power. That's that is a very uh, interesting way to sort of gauge an Amoongus that you come across uh, in the wild. If you're gauging that Amoongus in the wild, please, please be careful. Again, these of are course, of these course. are Pokemon that that try to lure you uh, by looking like a Pokeball. You know. Uh, the closer that you get to them, there is a chance that they may spore. Uh, well, and but- I, I, again, this is a serious issue because uh, because of that sort of that lure capability, right? There are many times I'm walking down the street, I see a Pokeball, I can't help but go and check it, you know? And, of course. And so uh, when, you know, these Amoongus are hiding in the woods, uh, you know, po- looking like Pokeballs, they're, they're a serious risk if you're not prepared for right. what you might find. And I get it, you know, a Pokeball is not a cheap object, you know, it's not it's not something that you can just go and pick up on your own. I mean, who's got a hundred sitting around? Yeah, just, you know? it just made a Poke Yen over here, you know? And if you do have a hundred sitting around, by all means, feel free to call 1-800-DEXPERTS. Again, that's 1-800-D-E-X-P-E-R-T, uh, and then dial that S right after. Just, 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 you know... For posterity's sake. And if you happen to have 100 lying around, you can give us 50 and give some to Mike as well for his new book, uh, Preparing Bacon, A Guide to Raising Tepig. Uh, and don't forget the audiobook is available. James Earl Jones just does a fantastic job narrating this book for Mike. And again, I uh, just really want to nail home Preparing Bacon, A Guide to Raising Tepig is an inside joke, you know, between us all of us all of us everyone should be in on the joke and if you're not it's a joke now you're in on it you got that's it that's right and i think it's it's important to note that uh preparing bacon not a cookbook no 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 uh bacon is the name of our tepig that we have raised again uh my son charles named him uh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we we talk about it a lot at breakfast charles i love you buddy thanks for listening that's all the time we have this week. Uh, we had more quiz questions than we could possibly use this week. Uh, we just didn't have the time. I'm not really sure where the time went, <laughs> to be honest. I, I felt like we could maybe get to a few more, but it's all... We're, we're, we have to wrap up now. And I'm sorry we didn't get to your questions, but we thank you for sending them in all the same. Uh, join us in two weeks when we'll have an expert on to talk about the Pokemon Crawdunt. And make sure you send all of your uh, Crawdunt questions to Twitter, Facebook and email. Tweet us at, at Pokedexpert. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pokedexpert. 
email us at pokedexpertpod at gmail.com. We can't wait to see what you want to know. See you next time.